our Bibles tonight and let's turn to Mark chapter 14. I'm going to pray, I'm going to preach a message tonight entitled, And the Cock Crew. And um, this, is, this is something I've been studying for a while and um, just, just something that the Lord laid on my heart to preach uh, this particular evening while the pastor was gone. And we're going to look tonight at, at a very interesting time. And as I said this morning, um, we're going to see the test of Peter. And Peter made some pretty strong boasts. And the Lord warned him, the, the war, as you'll see in the, in the message. But Peter, I find some errors that Peter made that caused him to lose or, or fail the test that Satan gave him on this particular evening in history. So we're going to look at that this evening. So if you would, uh, who's hot? Anyone hot? I saw Carla fanning over. She was about to take off over there. She looked like, uh, she looked like one of those planes that take off without a, uh, any, any runway there. It's hot. So, uh, Lou, could you make sure we've got some air? Turn the heat off. Turn some air. Not, not air conditioning, but just the fan to circulate some air. It's pretty hot up here. I, I'm sitting here under these Kenny Rogers roaster lamps. And... Uh, I tell you, sometimes, I, I tell pastors, sometimes I, I feel done. I think it's time to take me down and carve me up. But uh, these things get pretty hot up here. So I'm sure you're probably hot out there too. So hopefully we'll get some air. Let's, let's stand together, please, as we read. I'm going to read beginning at Mark chapter 14. We're going to read verses 26 through 31. And then we're going to skip over to verses 66 through 72. So if you'll read along silently with me in Mark chapter 14. And when they had sung in him, they went out into the Mount of Olives. And Jesus saith unto them, All ye shall be offended because of me this night. For it is written, I will smite the shepherd, and the sheep shall be scattered. But after that I am risen, I will go before you into Galilee. But Peter said unto him, Although all shall be offended, yet will, I, will not I. And Jesus saith unto him, Verily I say unto thee, that this day, even in this night, before the cock crow twice, thou shalt deny me thrice. But he spake the more vehemently, If I should die with thee, I will not deny thee in any wise. Likewise also said they all. Now let's go over to, chap- to the same chapter, beginning at verse 66. Now we, the scene changes, and now we're in the courtyard where Jesus is being Uh, falsely tried and accused. And we read beginning at verse 66. And as Peter was beneath in the palace, there cometh one of the maids of the high priest. And when she saw Peter warming himself, she looked upon him and said, And thou also wast with Jesus of Nazareth. But he denied, saying, I know not, neither understand I what thou sayest. And he went out into the porch, and the cock crew. And a maid saw him again, and began to say to them that stood by, This is one of them. And he denied it again. And a little after, they that stood by said again to Peter, Surely thou art one of them, for thou art a Galilean, and thy speech agreeeth thereto. But he began to curse and to swear, saying, I know not this man of whom ye speak. And the second time the cock crew. And Peter called to mind the word that Jesus said unto him, Before the cock crow twice, thou shalt deny me thrice. And when he thought thereupon, 
he wept. Let's pray. Father, we are so humbled to stand in your presence tonight. We are so unworthy to be called your children, to receive your blessing and your providence. But Lord, we rejoice. We rejoice in the, in the truth that we are the children of God. And we ask tonight, Holy Spirit, that you would instruct us, that you would challenge us, that we would be challenged to leave this place different than when we came in, that we would have a desire to serve the Lord with all our heart and with all our soul and with all our mind. Thank you for this time we have. We ask that you would use it to glorify Jesus. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Brother John, you got your collection plate ready there? I, uh... <laughs> Our new missionary program is kicking in strong. <laughs> Amen. Well, we're back where we were this morning. I'm not going to be able to see any of your faces, so if you want to make faces at me, go ahead. But I can't see with these on, so I've got to take them off. This is a very interesting story. And tonight, I want to look at this moment in time, almost as if I was a photographer and took a picture, took pictures of this event as it took place. I want us to see this, this entire event in the life of Peter and in, in the life of our Lord. I am sure that if Peter had the opportunity to change the series of events leading to this moment on that fateful night, I'm sure he would do so. But he cannot change them. And God has recorded them for our admonition. Now, it would be wrong for me to stand in this place tonight and say that I would not make the same mistakes that Peter made. It would be foolish for me to assume that I, who has never seen Christ, would be able to fare any better than Peter, who walked with him, who talked with him, who prayed with him, who listened to him, and who touched him. It would be very presumptuous for me to assume such a thing. However, I do have an advantage over Peter tonight. And that advantage is that I can learn from Peter's mistakes. You know, there's a very old saying, and it goes like this. Foolish men learn by experience. But a wise man learns by the experience of foolish men. And certainly I, I do not presume to say that Peter was a fool. I do not presume to say that I or, or you or, or any of us are any wiser or any better than Peter. But you and I tonight can succeed where Peter failed because of Peter's failure. And we can learn from this. I would, uh, because God has revealed to us through his word the events of that evening. Now, as I share with you some observations from the events of that evening, I would trust that the Holy Spirit will reveal to us the things that we must do to glorify and honor the Lord with our life. When I meditate upon and when I, when I study these scriptures, I can, I can see the wiles of the devil at work in Peter's life. And since certainly I am no greater than Peter, 
if I am not careful, the same wiles or tricks that the devil used will also hinder me. So I must be cautious. Now, Peter had no idea that he was about to backslide. I'm sure he felt confident. I'm sure he he felt energized. I'm sure he felt that he was at the top of his game. And he had no idea that he was about to face one of the biggest tests he would ever face in his life. He had no idea that he was about to backslide. And this is evidenced by the boastful statement he made in Luke chapter 22 and, and verse 33, where he states, And he said unto him, Lord, I am ready to go with thee, both into prison and to death. Now, knowing the end of the story, we know how foolish a statement this was. But Peter had no idea that he was going to backslide, but the Lord did know this. The Lord did know that Peter was going to fail that very night. And he stated this to Peter in the very next verse, in Luke chapter 22 and verse 34, where we read, And he said, I tell thee, Peter, the cock shall not crow this day, before thou shalt thrice deny that thou knowest me. So, what, for lack of a better term, mistakes did Peter make? I'd like to share with you four mistakes Peter made, and we'll be done. Now, this morning, I set a record for me. I preached a 31-minute and 19-second message. I've never gone less than 40 minutes in my life, I don't think. And uh, sometimes I've been known to go over an hour. If you, the teenagers can attest to that at retreat, that I can go an hour and a half, hour and 45 minutes. Uh, I usually know it's time to stop when the last one falls asleep. So. But I want to look at some of the mistakes that Peter made. And quite frankly, they're mistakes that we make in our lives from time to time. So let me share these with you. Number one tonight, the first mistake I I noticed is that Peter was insolent. He was insolent. I'd like for you to take your Bibles and turn with me to John chapter 13. John chapter 13. Now we will be turning to quite a few scriptures tonight, so keep, keep your Bibles real handy. John chapter 13. And I'm going to read verses 3 through 8. John chapter 13, verses 3 through 8. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he was come from God and went to God, he riseth from supper, and laid aside his garments, and took a towel, and girded himself. After that he poureth water into a basin, and began to wash the disciples' feet, and to wipe them with the towel wherewith he was girded. Then cometh he to Simon Peter, And Peter saith unto him, Lord, dost thou wash my feet? Now, you need to understand, this is kind of a a bit of an arrogant statement by Peter. Uh, Peter was almost saying, what, Lord, am am I sinful? Am I dirty that you need to wash my feet too? In verse 7, And Jesus answered and said unto him, What I do thou knowest not, but thou shalt know hereafter. Peter saith unto him, Thou shalt never wash my feet. Wow, that's pretty, that's pretty insolent, don't you think? 
I mean, Jesus is talking to God, and he knows who, God, who Jesus is. I mean, Peter's talking to God, and he knows who Jesus is. And he, he makes a statement like that to the Lord. It kind of, makes, kind of makes my skin crawl a little bit. Thou shalt never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. Now, Peter's remark in verse 8 demonstrates obstinacy. I'm sorry, I can't see my, my words. You've got you to gotta bear with me here. Now, I'm sure that Peter had respect. I, I don't doubt that Peter had respect for the person and the authority of Jesus. However, these words were spoken in a very rash manner, which is common for Peter. If you study the life of Peter, Peter usually has to pull his foot out of his mouth uh, uh, all the time. And this arrogant and rash behavior of Peter was exactly what the devil used to trap him. In Luke chapter 22 and verse 31, we read, And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. Oh yes, Peter was insolent. And his insolence led to his demise, to his failure at the trial of Jesus. Today, I see so much insolence, especially in our young Christians. They glibly refer to God as the old man upstairs. They view God as their pathway to prosperity. They wrongly overestimate their own worth in the eyes of God, supposing that God is some weak and lonely old man sitting up in heaven who needs their companionship. I see this so often today in our young people. The way that they lack respect for the things of God, for the house of God, for the name of God. There's a lot of insolence in our Christian world today. And the sooner you and I open our eyes and understand that God is to be reverenced, that he is holy, that he is righteous, that he is just, that his, his glory is far beyond our comprehension until we come to the point where we realize that God is first and foremost in all things, we will fail to properly know the Lord. Peter failed to understand the significance of the lesson Jesus was trying to teach him the lesson that he that is greatest must be servant to all. His pride and his arrogance in that fleeting moment caused him to place himself even above his master. And this Jesus reminded him. Look with me, John chapter 13. Let's look at verse number 12. So after he had washed their feet and had taken his garments and was set down again, he said unto them, Know ye what I have done to you? Ye call me Master and Lord, and ye say, Well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and Master, have washed your feet, ye also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that ye should do as I have done to you. Verily, verily, I say unto you, 
the servant is not greater than his Lord, neither he that is sent greater than he that sent him. If ye know these things, happy are ye if you do them. And Peter could have had great joy in exhibiting humility before Christ, but rather he was insolent. And this was the first step in Satan's victory over Peter. Now what about us tonight? Are we humble before God? Or are we insolent, such as Peter? Are we arrogant? Are we proud? No one is going to tell me how to live my life. I can't tell you how many times I've heard that. There have been times when I've, when I've gone to people and, and I've tried to help them or, or maybe they heard a message, a pre, the preacher say something, and that's their response. No one is going to tell me how to live my life. Well, you know what? You're probably right. You're probably right. No one is going to tell you how to live your life because you won't listen. And you'll fall into all of the devil's traps. Others will say, I don't care what that preacher says. I'm going to do what I want to do. And we see this throughout Scripture. This attitude of arrogance and insolence. This is not a humble spirit. And the devil will use this to trap you just like he did to Peter. But allow me, if you will, to show you the lesson that Peter learned. From all of this. In 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 6 and 7, Peter wrote this Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Oh, yes, Peter's insolence was turned to humility but not before he made a terrible mistake on that fateful night. And if you and I are not careful, pride can creep into our life. Arrogance, haughtiness. You know, one of the the most dangerous things about being a person who is in church a lot and hears a lot of preaching is we can begin to think that we are more than we are. And we must be careful. But not only do we see that Peter was insolent in this occasion in time, but secondly, I want you to notice that Peter was indifferent. So he was insolent. He tells the Lord, you're not washing my feet. And then we see that he not only was insolent, but indifferent. Look with me. Let's go back to Mark. You might want to keep a a little tab or something there in the book of Mark. And let's go to chapter 14. Mark chapter 14. I might want to keep a little marker in there myself. (laughs) Mark chapter 14, and look at verse 32. Now the scene has changed. The supper is over, and and Jesus takes his disciples out with him, and they go, and they're, they're approaching the Garden of Gethsemane. And so we arrive here at, at verse 32, 
And we read, And they came to a place which was named Gethsemane, and he saith to his disciples, Sit ye here while I pray. And he taketh with him Peter and James and John, and began to be sore amazed, and to be very heavy, and saith unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful uh, unto death. Tarry ye here and watch. And he went forward a little and fell on the ground and prayed that, if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible unto thee. Take away this cup from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what thou wilt. And he cometh and findeth them sleeping and saith to Peter, Simon, sleepest thou? Couldst not thou watch one hour? Watch ye and pray, lest ye enter into temptation. The spirit truly is ready, but the flesh is weak. And again he went away and prayed and spake the same words. And when he returned, he found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. Neither wist they what to answer him. Perhaps if, if Peter had been more humble just a few hours earlier... He might have been more concerned for what was happening. I find it interesting that though there were three disciples there, Jesus singled out Peter to address. He didn't, he didn't mention James or John. Perhaps the Lord was once again trying to warn Peter about what was going to happen in just a few short hours. Perhaps he was trying to open the eyes of the one who asserted with such confidence that though all men be offended, he would never be offended. Even if it meant that he had to die with him, Peter claimed he was ready. Yet, Peter did not perceive the meaning of Jesus' words. Not once, but twice he fell asleep while Jesus prayed in the garden. As of tonight, I, I've been in the ministry now for 31 years, serving as a teacher, preacher of the gospel, running bus ministries, conducting music ministries, running youth ministries, and administrating Christian schools. And I can tell you tonight that I have seen indifference grow at an alarming rate in our local church ministries. Does it bother anyone here tonight? Does it bother you that we are losing our Christian liberties in America? Our children are not allowed to pray in school. They are being taught that homosexuality is a normal lifestyle. Our government has banned prayer and the Ten Commandments from their halls and their meeting rooms. Profanity, pornography, sexual promiscuity, occultist practices permeate the television airwaves in all of our homes tonight. We have become prisoners in our own homes Afraid to venture out for fear of being molested, raped, or abducted. 
yet so few care anymore. Christian people have turned their eyes the other way. We're like ostriches, sticking our heads in the sand and hoping that whatever's out there goes away. But I have news for you tonight. It is not going away. And it is high time. It is high time that we stop being indifferent and start caring again. It is high time that God's people say, as Daniel said, when Daniel stated, I will not defile myself with the king's meat. It is time for us to choose as Moses did. Scripture states that Moses chose to suffer affliction with the people of God rather than enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. It is time for us to heed the admonition of Nehemiah in Nehemiah chapter 4 and verse 14 where we read, And I looked and rose up and said unto the nobles and to the rulers and to the rest of the people, Be not ye afraid of them. Remember the Lord which is great and terrible and fight for your brethren, your sons and your daughters, your wives and your houses. Did you see what he said? He said, fight for them. But in America tonight, far too many Christians are saying, eh, it doesn't affect me. Somebody else will handle it. It's time that each one of us, as God's children, stand up. And be accounted for. We have a responsibility. Let me remind you, by the way, of the promise of God tonight. In Second Chronicles chapter 7 and verse 14, where we read, If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn... From their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Did you see that? It depends on you and me, not the government, not the military, not the liberals. God said, if my people, the children of God, will humble themselves. American Christians are rarely humble before God. And pray. You know, I spent some time once with Harry Buer. How many of you remember Harry Buer, a converted Catholic priest? I took him out fishing one day when, when I was in Louisiana, and he was there preaching for us. And as we were preaching on the, on the lake, he told me, he said, Brother Dalton, he said, I, you know, it's, it's sad, but... American Christians don't have a very good testimony when it comes to prayer. He told me most of the places that he would visit in Europe, they would say, go back and teach Americans how to pray. And that's our testimony, by the way. God said, if my people will learn to pray. Let me ask you a question. When's the last time you fervently prayed 
I mean, you were so heartbroken about something or you were, you were so, so torn about something that you spent time in prayer with God. Oh, we, we, we spend, what, a minute and a half a day praying for our food? We, we might spend five or ten minutes during the day thinking about God. We're so busy in America. If we will humble ourselves and pray, seek my face. How can I describe that? Uh, you husbands know what seeking the face of God means. You husbands, for sure. What do you do when your wife's mad at you guys? Huh? Buy her flowers, candy, write her nice notes. You constantly go to her, hi there, honey, how are you, how are you doing? She just turns. And you, you keep working at it, and you keep working at it, and you keep working at it. What are you doing? You're seeking her face. You're trying to gain her favor back. Don't look at me like you've never had to do that. Because you're a dirty liar if you're telling me that. Unless you've only been married two hours. If you've been married three, you've already done this, I guarantee you. We don't seek the face of God in America anymore. But God says if you do these things, and here's the big one, turn from your wicked ways. Now, none of us in this room tonight would want to admit that we have wicked ways in our life, but I guarantee you, we all do. We have, we have things in our life which are wicked by God's standards. Maybe not by man's standards, but by God's standards. I don't care who you are in this room. There are things in your life that God would consider to be wicked. And we must learn to turn from these things. This is what we need tonight. Not indifference, but proactiveness, proactivity. That's what we need. If Peter would have stayed awake and watched as the Lord bade him, he might have been prepared to face that trial that he would face. And he might have had the courage to stand with Christ and not deny him. Are we indifferent tonight? We have to answer that question, each of us individually. Peter was insolent. He was indifferent. But next, I want you to notice number three, Peter was impatient. He was impatient. Now let's go to John, back to John. We're going to kind of jump around here. John chapter 18. The reason we jump around here is primarily because each of the Gospels tell the same story, but look at them from different views and give us different little insights. John chapter 18, let's look at verse number 4. We're going to read through verse 11. Uh, Jesus, therefore, knowing all things that should come upon him, went forth and said unto them, Whom seek ye? They answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus saith unto them, I am he. And Judas also, which betrayed him, stood with them. As soon then as he had said unto them, I am he, they went backward and fell to the ground, and the explanation of that is for another message. Then asked he them again, Whom seek ye? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus answered, I have told you that I am he. If therefore you seek me, let these go their way. And he's talking about his disciples there. That the saying might be fulfilled, which he spake of them which thou, hast, thou gavest me, have I lost none. Then Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it and smote the high priest's servant and cut off his right ear. The servant's name was Malchus. 
Then said Jesus unto Peter, Put up thy sword into the sheath. The cup which my father hath given me, shall I not drink it? Peter was impatient. He decided to take matters into his own hands. So he drew out his sword and rushed ahead of God. In Matthew chapter 26, verses 51 through 54, we read, And behold, one of them which were with Jesus stretched out his hand and drew his sword and struck a servant of the high priest and smote off his ear. Then said Jesus unto him, Put up again thy sword into his place, for all they that take the sword shall perish with the sword. Thinkest thou that I cannot now pray to my father, and he presently give me he shall presently give me more than twelve legions of angels? But how then shall the scriptures be fulfilled that thus it must be? Peter took such a rash action because he failed to fully understand God's plan. And this is the result of his insolence and his indifference. I mean, Peter was always trying to outdo everyone else, including Jesus. Look with me. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 14. Matthew chapter 14. I mean, Peter had to do everything, everybody. You know, you ever hear the old saying, monkey see, monkey do? Well, that was Peter. Let's look at Matthew chapter 14 and look at verse 25. Matthew 14, 25. And we read here, And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. So Jesus is approaching the disciples and he's walking on the water. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And Peter, now here comes Peter, here he goes. And Peter answered unto him, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. Peter said, Lord, I want to walk on the water too. And he said, Come. The Lord was going to let Peter see his own arrogance. So the Lord said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? And when we fail to understand God's plan, we become impatient. Just like Peter. But wait a minute. We are not much better, are we? We want what we want when we want it. And if God does not give it to us fast enough, then we'll just go out there and get it ourselves. And I know every one of you in this room can tell me, would have to admit the truth, that yes, We've all been impatient. We've all gotten ahead of the Lord. And we've all went out there and tried to make happen what we want to have happen. But God knows what is best for us. And God has a purpose and a plan for us. And we need to stop trying to tell God what we want. And ask God to show us what he wants us to do. We must learn to live by faith. 
and we must learn to trust the Lord, and we must learn to be patient and wait, and God will show us what he wants us to do. I have to wonder when the last time that we prayed, not my will, but thine be done, O Lord. Peter was insolent, he was indifferent, and he was impatient. And now, all of these things have led him and leads me to the observation that number four, Peter was inhibited. We're going to turn back now to Luke chapter 22. Let's all turn there, Luke chapter 22. And we'll look at beginning at verse number 54. Luke chapter 22, beginning at verse number 54. I said Peter was inhibited. Let's begin at verse 54. Then took they him and led him and brought him into the high priest's house, and Peter followed afar off. And when they had kindled a fire in the midst of the hall and were set down together, Peter sat down among them. But a certain maid beheld him as he sat by the fire and earnestly looked upon him and said, This man was also with him. And he denied him, saying, Woman, I know him not. And after a little while, another saw him and said, Thou art also of them. And Peter said, Man, I am not. And about the space of one hour after uh, another confidently affirmed, saying, Of a truth, this fellow also was with him, for he is a Galilean. And Peter said, Man, I know not what thou sayest. And immediately, while he yet spake, the cock crew. And the Lord turned and looked upon Peter. And Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said unto him, Before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. And Peter went out and wept bitterly. Peter has failed on every front. His pride and his arrogance left him ashamed and with no testimony. His indifference has left him powerless and empty. His impatience has left him vulnerable and unprotected. And now, just when he must face his biggest challenge, he lacks the courage to stand for Jesus. I think perhaps this is the saddest event in Scripture. Look again at at, at, at this with me. Look at verse 61 and 62 again. And the Lord turned and looked upon Peter. And Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said unto him, Before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. And Peter went out and wept bitterly. I want you to stop for just a moment and consider what that look from Jesus must have felt like. To Peter. I tell you, it makes me shudder to think what that must have felt like. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine as Peter denied the Lord that Jesus turned and looked at Peter and Peter looked into the eyes of his Savior 
Can you imagine how it must have crushed Peter? How torn apart he must have been in his heart to know that he denied his Lord? To see the eyes of Jesus look upon you and to say, no, no, no. I don't know what that felt like. But I do know this. Peter ran out and wept bitterly. And this bitterness was not toward Jesus. And the bitterness that he felt was not toward the mob. The bitterness that he felt was toward himself. Toward his failure. Jesus warned him. He told Peter that Satan desired to have him to sift him. But he was too arrogant. He was too proud. He was too insolent to listen. And let me remind you, Jesus has warned us, has he not? He's warned us in his word. He's warned us through his preaching. The question is, are we listening? Or do we, do we, are we too arrogant or are we insolent? Jesus tried to tell him to pray and to watch. But he was too indifferent. He didn't care. Jesus told him the plan and purpose of God, but he was too impatient to wait for God to act. He acted on his own. And now he is totally inhibited. He cannot stand with faith and courage. He cannot admit before the world that he was a disciple of the Lord. He is powerless. He is gutless. And he is destitute of faith. And then the cock crew. Now let me close with this. We as Christian people are experiencing difficult times. The economy isn't so great. Jobs are hard to find. They're hard to hold on to. We have many problems and many concerns. I'm aware of all of this. But let me ask you a question tonight. What are you going to do? Will you repeat the mistakes of Peter and fail in your life as he did? Are we going to allow Satan to sift us as weak as wheat? Or are we going to learn from Peter's mistakes? Let me just say this. Do not be insolent. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 through 6. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. Let me say this. Awake from indifference. Deuteronomy chapter 6. We read, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. And shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house. And when thou walkest by the way. And when thou liest down. And when thou risest up. And thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand. And they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes. And thou shalt write them upon the posts of thy house and on thy gates. Don't be indifferent. Be proactive.
live your life to the glory of God. Let your children see your faith. Let your children experience your, 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 your trust in the Lord and, and teach them diligently. You know, the Bible says there arose a generation that knew not God. And let me tell you, if that's not America today, I don't know what is. There's an entire generation of young people out there that do not know the Lord. And it's our job as God's people to proclaim his word. To go out there and, and, and tell them of our God. Awake from indifference. Let me say this, overcome impatience. We read from Ephesians, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Overcome impatience and learn to wait on the Lord and learn to stand in faith. Trust God. We are selling God down the river because we think we need to make it happen. Listen, just trust the Lord. Did not he promise to be with you at all times? Did, he, did not he say he will not leave us nor forsake us? Did not he say, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you? Be patient. Wait on the Lord. Serve God in, in, in earnest and truth. And trust him. Trust him to provide all that you need for you and your, your family. And then let me say, serve the Lord without inhibition. Turn with me to Isaiah chapter 40 and we'll be done. Isaiah chapter 40, beginning at verse 28. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 28. Hast thou not known? Hast thou not heard? That the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary. There is no searching of his understanding. He giveth power to the faint, and to them that have no might, he increaseth strength. Even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. And they shall walk and not faint. Let us serve the Lord today without inhibition. With confidence. Knowing that it is the Lord that works all things in our life. And he alone is worthy of all honor and all praise. We've, thankfully, we, we find just a couple of chapters later in, in the Bible that Peter came back to the Lord. But that 24-hour period of Peter's life, that 24-hour period was a failure. He made mistakes. 
He learned from those mistakes as we read through his books, his epistles. We, we learn that, we see that Peter learned from those mistakes, that, that he, he, he corrected those things in his life. But tonight, you and I have that advantage to see the mistakes that Peter made and, and to not allow the devil and to not allow our flesh to cause us to make the same mistakes. You know, when I stand in front of the Lord, I want to hear him say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. I don't, I don't want to experience what Peter experienced, that look of disappointment from the Lord as he looked into his eyes on that night. What about you tonight? What do you want? Do you want to make the same mistakes Peter made, or do you want the Holy Spirit to strengthen you and instruct you and help you to overcome these faults in, in our flesh? As for me, in my house, Joshua said, we will serve the Lord. And tonight I pray that's the words on everyone's lips. We're not perfect people. We're undone. We're flesh. But we have within us the mind of Christ. We have within us the nature of Christ. Let us, let us put on that new man and let us live in righteousness through the righteousness of Christ. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, I pray tonight that you would speak to our hearts, that you would convict us. Certainly, I, I didn't set out tonight, Holy Spirit, to judge anyone or to, to make any inferences that, that I'm better than anyone else. We all know that we're just sinners saved by grace. But by the grace of God, we are who we are. But help us tonight to learn from this period in Peter's life. Help us to see some of the mistakes he made and help us not to make those same mistakes as we live our daily lives. Help us to walk by faith and to live by faith in your sight. Thank you for all that were here tonight. I pray that, that you would bless them for being here. And now as we close, we ask that you would Send us forth with your spirit and power. Help us to do those things that glorify and honor you. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.